finally I can express my love of Nazism through Star Wars toys. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Star Wars saga began, and Kenner continues the excitement. Star Wars figures. The Empire Strikes Back turns the Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's the Cast. Newest news on the oldest toys, from bubble bath to belt buckles. 12 packs to 2 packs. New boss, alien bounty hunter. From the, from the, from the, from the, from the Star Wars collection. We bring the world of vintage Star Wars memorabilia alive. With informative features and personal collecting stories. Offer expires December 31st, 1979. An no, no, no. Octavito with Tempest Ghost. The Supreme Master, the Emperor. Brought to you by the Star Wars Collector's Archive. The SWCA.com. With your hosts. Sky Payne, Steven Chewbacca, 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 and Steven B. Deadly. I've got you now, Ben Kenobi. Star Wars, early bird certificate package, new from Kenner. Kenner's Star Wars action figures, each sold separately. Wampa Wampa, everybody. Welcome to the Kivecast for April of 2011. That's right, it's our 15th show. My name is Sky Payne. I'm here with the Vince Scully of Star Wars Vintage Collecting Broadcasting, Stephen B. Danley. How's it going, Steve? How's it going well, man? How about you? It's going well. This is going to be a pretty exciting episode. We're, we're cutting it real close. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's April 28th. I kind of wanted to record on April Fool's Day. <laughs> um, I'm a little four weeks too late for that. So it's going to be a different kind of episode, Steve. It's going to be raw. I like uh, it. I I'm, like not, it. I'm not going to put any sound effects. Uh, don't even mention the collector from Sweden because I don't want to have to sift through ABBA to find that that drop again. <laughs> uh, okay. I, you know, it's all about R2D2 this this month, but I'm not going to bring up any R2D2 sound effects. So, Steve, if you want to whistle and beep, go right ahead. Uh, I may give it a shot here and there, but I mean, not not yet. I got to <laughs> warm those warm those cords up. They're not quite ready. Man, that is a tease, Steve. The whole audience <laughs> is just waiting. I, actually, I was uh, thinking about that too. Which one of us is C three PO? Which one of us is R two D two? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I'm you're a lot taller than I am, so that and that's <laughs> and I do tend to I, I do tend to talk a lot more, uh, <laughs> and I'm slightly effeminate. Yeah, okay, fine, Steve. I see what you're saying. Oh man! But anyways, yeah, it we're, opens the gate right there. <laughs> we're, we're we're rushing along here, and you know I got finals to write, review finals to write, essays to grade. Uh, we just bought a house, Steve. Excellent. That's great to hear. Yeah. So we're going to be recording. Uh, I'm going to actually get to put the whole museum back up, like uh, you know the whole thing, not just uh, six things on on half <laughs> of a shelf. Yeah, you got to have your permanent display now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. So let's uh, let's kick this off then. We're going to do this, you know, no cuts, no edits, you know, just as as raw as possible. Let's cut to the movie observation. All right. Now, having just said that you are perhaps the R2D2, this is <laughs> this is my observation and it's more of a quandary. Okay. Steve, Steve, why isn't R2D2 a girl? Um, that's a good question, man. Do they ever really uh I guess they always refer to him as he, don't they? When they actually do uh yeah, they do, but I'm I'm saying, yeah. you know, I mean, like, okay, so they have this kind of relationship, and to me, it reminds me a lot of kind of like an old married couple, you know, like, please True. wait, and all that stuff, and... Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I, I'm just kind of throwing that out there, you know, why why <laughs> isn't he a girl? And uh, that that actually prompted a, a toy thought, which oh. is, uh, if, if you think about the accessories that R2 has had over the years... See, I was wondering if you were going to go down this line. I was going to stay away from it, but... 
Well, the thing is, every single thing is is quite quite masculine. One might say. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's I, got, I would agree. He's got the sensor scope <laughs> popping up. He, he's got the pop up saber, and, and perhaps the most right. incriminating, Steve, is the third leg. That, <laughs> I, 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 you know, maybe that's why he's not a girl. But uh, oh, I hadn't thought about that one. That's good. <laughs> yeah, we well, you know the Droid Factory. You know you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in case you don't know, if you get the the old, uh, when did the Droid Factory come out, Steve? What was that? Like? Oh, that was that was in the original line, I think. Yeah, it's like seventy nine, seventy nine, So you could yeah. actually get a third leg. You could put on R two D two. So, anyways, maybe that's why he's not a girl. But I, I'm just throwing that out there. You know, there's not that many girl uh, girl figures out there. So uh, why 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 not? <laughs> Oh man, yeah, it's been it's been a good month though. I I had my first uh, Kivecast dream. Oh wow, this has got to be epic. <laughs> it 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 truly is epic, Steve. Now this is the funny thing. I forgot that I had a Kivecast dream. I every month I just I just have a file on my computer that says Kive fourteen, Kive fifteen, Kive thirteen, yeah. whatever, and I find it. Okay. So in Kive fifteen, I opened it up a couple days ago, getting ready for the thing, and I'm, I found. Kivecast dream. <laughs> and so this is what Old it said. Note, huh? Yeah, this is this is what it said. I had a dream where I hadn't ridden a bike in a long time. Steve and I were going on a ride from my old place in Santa Barbara to UCSB. I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't no matter what I did, I couldn't bicycle. There was like too many people, I couldn't get through them. I had done this ride many times, but for some reason it was really difficult to make this ride with Steve. <laughs> I don't like this. What's going on here? <laughs> it gets better, and you're right. going to like it less later. Uh, oh, we, we stop at a bar that's apparently owned by Chris Jorgulius. <laughs> we, uh. we kind of look around and say hello, and it turns out that James Gallo is having a big party there. So, oh, boy. So Steve sits down at an outdoor table. I tell him that we should probably go to the university first. <laughs> then Chris Jorgulius transforms into Tim Linscombe. Oh, no. <laughs> the pitcher uh, really for the Giants. Like I know now. you wouldn't like this. <laughs> he sees that I'm apparently wearing full street hockey gear. <laughs> so he's a little bit aloof, but not unkind. We start talking, and he tells me that if I like sports, and I said, yeah, I like sports, and that I, do, I talk more about sports than I do research. Uh, I get back my street hockey gear, I get it on, and uh, Steve and I, you'd already left. And, uh, uh, I just couldn't take him. Yeah, I don't think you could take me talking to, to Tim Linscombe. <laughs> and then I kind of head off on my bicycle to meet up with Steve. So, so what, what do you think, uh, Professor Freud? What's the, how do you read this dream? Uh, I don't know. I, I really like the, uh, the whole bar thing with, with Gallo and, uh, <laughs> and Chris. Because I'm just picturing them at like the study hall or something like that in, in Isla Vista. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's just, uh, I don't know. That is very surreal, but uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it brings in everything. Though you got you got the collecting, you got the uh, the baseball and uh, the dread of of my baseball life. The Giants <laughs> is in there. It, it just all, I don't know. I, it takes some thought to really analyze that one. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, Chris Jorgulius is about as far from Tim Linscombe as you could possibly be, as far as like body types <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah, very but, different. So that, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, maybe. Uh, yeah. So we can. Uh, hey, you know what? We we welcome any interpretations of this dream. You know, you can send them <laughs> in to uh, kivecast uh, at gmail dot com or uh, phone in your your interest uh, at p o k u t w a m p a. There we go. Uh, which is seven six five eighty eight wampa. 
uh, <laughs> rhymes with Tampa. And uh, we'll, we'll get to that later about our, our new pronunciation. <laughs> and then what, one more, Steve, before we get into the news. Can you tell I'm excited this, this month? I'm just... Uh, yeah. You got some energy. I like it. It's I got good. some energy, yeah. What do we call our listeners? Not- oh, well, well, the first thing that came to mind was back, I think it was from the second episode, uh-huh. the... Uh, the space freak moniker. That's right, space. I'm not, I, I had that, but you may have another one that I'm I'm missing right now. No, you know what? That's I just forgot about that. That's good. I was thinking <laughs> should I was thinking more dorky. Uh, I was uh, thinking like the 261st Legion. Ah, uh, you know, I like that. I like that. <laughs> because of last month, we discovered that 261 people have interacted with our website in some fashion. Thanks to Lobart. That's the greatest, greatest way to put that, too. <laughs> or, or the 261 backs. Those are the two ideas I had. Those are good. But I, I like Space Freaks. You're right, Steve. you, you got to remind me of these things. We should, uh, we should yeah, keep they can have, Yeah, they can have multiple names. I, I think they could be – yeah, they could work both in there somehow. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, let's, let, let's hit the news on our uh, – our, our railroad steam machine through <laughs> this podcast. You see, I'm not going to go back and edit that out, Steve. That's how dedicated I am to getting this thing out there. Raw. Watch out! It's Kenner's new. It's Kenner's new. It's Kenner's new. Here's the news. It's Kenner's news. News from Kenner. All right, so as far as the news goes, we'll we'll go kind of selfish, and we'll talk about our own news. Um, Now, last month, Steve, you said you were going to set up a Facebook page, and I'm just going to put you on the spot. I don't know. Do do we have a Facebook page now? We do, in fact, have one. Um, I am not uh, Facebook savvy by any means, but uh, I was able to get one set up, and um, we've already got 31, uh, I guess, fans or people that like us, which is it's good. Um, well, which is it? Do we have like 31 subscribers or 31 people um, who like us? Well, see, I, let me look at it up here. It's hard for me to <laughs> exactly explain this because Steve, I wasn't – Steve, you, you're 15 <laughs> years old, man. You're supposed to know about oh, Facebook. Oh, man. <laughs> See, this is where the truth comes out. Right. Uh, I'm really, I'm really not 15 years old. <laughs> um, let's see here. One second. Um, let me pull it up. I want to not... see exactly how it says it because it, it's important to get the, the terminology right here. Well, I think the great thing is this is the first I've heard about it. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> okay. That, that lets here you know go. a little peek behind the curtain at the Kivecast <laughs> operation here. All right. So. According to the site, we have 31 people who like this. Which okay. This including what means the uh, the Kivecast. So okay. Um, I I I don't know. I th- maybe you have to set up a band page to have fans, or you have to be a celebrity or something. But I didn't put us into either of those categories. I think I put us into entertainment, like radio or something like that. So all right. Well, whatever it is, Steve. How do they get there, and how do they like <laughs> okay. us or join so us or whatever is, it is you do? This is a as far as I know, this is what you need to do. Just if you are a Facebook member, just log on, and if you just search the Star Wars Collectors Archive podcast, it should pop up immediately, and you can just click on the link. And um, I, I, I guess you would—I would assume you just say like, or that, that's the button on the page here. It just has a button for like. So I think that will kind of just put you in line with the stuff that goes on. And um, I'm—I've already got one <laughs> photo gallery up there. I decided to just choose my favorite image from each show so far and oh, start nice. a little gallery. 
And I've got some other ideas, but just haven't had the time yet to get it going. But uh, it's good. I mean, I, originally, I just sent it out to all my collector friends. Right. <laughs> I didn't really know else how to spread it. So right, yeah. I'm hoping people that are listening that uh, you know, listening now can, can just search it and they can add it now. So. So, so so where does that put me, Steve, if you send it out to all your collector friends and this is the first time I've heard did. of it? <laughs> I, I should, you should have got the, the notification. Uh, it's an entirely, or... entirely possible. <laughs> I know right. you are with with email communications, my friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Okay. So so like us on Facebook or Facebook us on like page or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. You'll figure it out. Yeah, you'll you'll, <laughs> you'll figure it out. And uh, the next bit of news, you know, we don't do ads, and uh, we weren't asked to do this, but we are a part of the archive, which means we're a part of the the Gus Lopez Empire. And uh, his, okay. what's that, Steve? Oh, so that's uh, correct. <laughs> that's right. He's the imperial dignitary of this whole operation. So uh, he uh, he just put a, put something up recently on Rebel Scum saying that his two guides are for sale, and they're at a sale price. So you get the comprehensive guide and the guide to Star Wars prototypes, and you, you click on it through Amazon. You get it uh, $50 shipped for both, and they're both yeah. very heavy books. And, that's uh, a pretty, pretty good deal. Yeah, I know. I know from a lot of emails that we get and a lot of the, the the calls that we get, a lot of people that that contact us are are new are new to the hobby, and yeah. uh, I would say you know between these two books, you really have uh, you really have a lot. I mean, the the comprehensive guide to Star Wars collectibles. You know, if you're a focus collector or you like uh, you really want to know every single thing that uh, I don't know a Tuscan Raiders ever appeared on. Yeah, you spend like a good seven or eight hours with that book, you'll get the answer to that. And and the the guide to prototypes is just an absolute must own in 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 all by all collectors. So anyways, uh, he he wanted everyone to spread the word. So you know, go to Amazon, look up Gus and Duncan's uh, guide, and uh, you'll you'll wind up with both of them. And I don't know how you do it, but maybe tell them that that the Kivecast sent you, or tell them Wampa Wampa or something in in the sale <laughs> line. I don't know, but uh, yeah. That's a good idea. I, like. <laughs> I, I, I want to hear that they have 261 more sales, you know? Uh, anyways. So what, what else is in the news, Steve? Um, let's see. Well, there was a uh, record, sell, uh, record sale recently, which uh, is pretty crazy. It was an uh, early bird certificate. Uh, it was the early bird package. The whole package sold, I think it was in Australia. All right. Uh, and it sold for ten thousand Australian dollars. Now, I'm not sure exactly how that uh, yeah, I, I uh, believe translates to U.S. dollars. Seventy-five but... cents, I believe. <laughs> no. All right, that, all right. Let's look it up. Australian dollars. You see, this is this is what you get. Uh, ten thousand Australian dollars is equal to ten thousand nine hundred U.S. dollars. Okay. Wow. Wow. Way that to go, a... Australia. <laughs> that's that's a. Uh... That's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I take back my, my previous derisive comment. <laughs> and uh, one thing that I thought was was just kind of funny about this whole story was uh, there was a comment made on on the thread on Rebel Scum about it. <laughs> if the original owner saw his name on the address label on there, just imagine like seeing yourself as a. I guess I had that as a kid, and it just sold for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> so I'm like, that's just be insane. But, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> And, and and moreover, can you imagine if you saw it, you know, and you you tried to buy it from the guy, you were like, "Wow, that's awesome! I remember that." Uh, <laughs> I'll give you like fifty bucks for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's uh, it's an incredible story, and 
Yeah, yeah 10, I mean, ten grand, and those usually go for for. I mean, do they even go for more than a grand? I I don't think so. No, I think. Um, but it, I, it, I it was AFA'd, right? Is that the deal? Yeah, it was AFA'd, um, but still, it, it's uh, astronomical. So that's kind of like a pre pre market watch, but I, I thought that was newsworthy for sure. No, that's more than a market watch. I mean, that's like, a, <laughs> hey man, what's going on? Oh, I I see. It's all like straight eighty five. AFA 85. So, so if you're Mary Trainer out there from 1111 Providence Road in Seacane, <laughs> Pennsylvania, what were you thinking, man? Yeah, what, what were you thinking? <laughs> well, how do how do you think that happens, anyways? That a oh, yeah. sealed early bird kit just I guess someone just buys it in a in a lot and they just uh, yeah. <laughs> either that or the guy never mailed it out to the poor kid. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It just kind of stayed. Stayed in the shipping facility. I right, don't know. <laughs> right. What, what is Ma- Maple Plains, Minnesota, or uh, Young America, wherever it is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just crazy. That's yeah, great. And uh, as far as the kind of uh, Star Wars vintage stuff in uh, in pop culture, this is actually very old. But uh, there, there's um. Do you ever watch the web series uh, Angry Video Game Nerd? Um, you know, I think I may have seen part of it. Can you just remind me who, what he looks like, what he does? I think, I, does he do movie reviews? No. No, uh, I think I may be thinking of someone else. His name is the Angry Video Game Nerd. Okay. So, so what, 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 I mean, what, what, what do you think he uh, reviews? <laughs> well, I would think video games, yeah, but I remember there was uh, an angry, yeah. is there like an angry <laughs> movie guy? I don't know. I don't know his name. No, but, I don't know. I, I don't know. See, there's my C-3PO jerkishness coming out. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, no, he just looks like a nerd, you know, glasses. And his, his stuff is, I, some of his stuff is really fun. It's mainly him playing old, bad video games and swearing a lot. Okay. Um, but it's, I mean, just, I, I don't know. That's, I really like old <laughs> video games and old really bad video games. And I'm, know, like, I'm in that camp too, for yeah, sure. Like, like he, oh. he, he recently reviewed Jaws and I remember playing that game and oh, just being man. like, what, what, what am I doing? Why am I not killing sharks? <laughs> but, uh, he, he did a whole thing on Star Wars video games and it oh, might've okay. been months ago, but I'm just going to put that out there. Um, if you just look up, if you just type into Google, uh, angry video game nerd, Star Wars games, it'll be the first thing that pops up. <laughs> and there have been some really bad Star Wars video games. And, uh, yes. <laughs> I think maybe we could do a whole special on that sometime about collecting <laughs> the cartridges and. Yeah, it would be, it would be a, a full show. There's. <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff out there. A lot of good bad stuff. Yeah, he tried to explain the lightsaber training game and I remember playing that against my brother on the Atari 2600 and, <laughs> and I just I never got it. Like there was no point he could never explain it to me enough for me to understand what I was supposed to do or why I wasn't winning or <laughs> But the the best thing that he had and I just thought I'd throw this out there. Uh it's a Japanese exclusive Star Wars video game. Okay. And it has a tattoo what? What's that? Oh, see, well, what console was it on? Was it a? I think it was Ni- Super Nintendo or regular okay, Nintendo. I, if it's Super Nintendo, I think I know exactly what he's going to be talking about. Go, go ahead. Okay, so <laughs> so it's a, he's in a, the Tatooine level, okay, and uh, it's it's Luke who has black hair for some reason, and huh. uh, he's he's inside of a sandcrawler and he's he's <laughs> jumping around, and he faces off against Darth Vader inside of the sandcrawler, <laughs> and then like halfway through the battles, Darth Vader just turns into a scorpion. Oh my god. See this this I don't know if you ever had the American version of the Super Nintendo game because oh, yeah. it sounds okay, it sounds just like that, except 
like, he fights like a scorpion thing, but I don't remember <laughs> no. Vader being in there. So this is something that kind of takes that and tweaks it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, like he just full on <laughs> turns into a scorpion. So that's uh, that's something you may want to check out if you have 22 okay. minutes to watch some guy swearing and, and talking about video games. Um, and then sometime we should go into the whole Super Star Wars video game because that's uh, oh, that's t- that's tied to probably the best memory of my life. But, uh, all right we'll, we'll save that for another day yeah we'll save that for another day we, we got lots of stuff this month but I mean, we didn't even talk about all the stuff we got this month you know we got interviews uh, we're gonna finally talk to joe y and all that stuff but it's too late steve we gotta plow ahead <laughs> yes can't reset so you, you want to talk about the shane thing sure um okay so uh jason colston uh, the fellow california collector um he has a site uh, i think it's called john doe art it's a blog that uh, he runs and uh, he recently interviewed shane t he of, of rebel scum everyone knows uh who has a really cool uh shop up in canada and i i think this is the first time i'd ever seen any pictures of it but he has a really nice little interview with shane um just showing some of the stuff he does there at the shop and uh, some great pictures. It's a really, really cool place. And um, it's it's cool because it kind of brings all these things together. We were, like our interview with Bruce last month, the whole uh, nerd culture slash tattoo slash toy thing. You wouldn't really, I mean, when I first was collecting, I didn't really associate any of those things together. But right. I've come to realize <laughs> that they are, it's it's not uncommon. It's, it's actually a, a pretty... Uh, common thing you find so um it's a great interview uh, there's a link uh, we can post that in the show notes if you guys are interested but uh yeah if if you uh are interested in a cool looking shop you got to check this out so yeah I, I def- yeah it's recommend- great it's it's at johndo.com and uh you can find it easily there what i love is they have a picture of his sign and the sign is tattoos scarification toys and comics <laughs> yeah it's, and it, for it's me, a great great street sign <laughs> yeah for me reading that's like no no Hey, all right. All oh, right. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> like scarification and toys. You got to get the the friendly terms in there last. You can't you, yeah. can't, you can't build up to the scarification. <laughs> yeah, I'm like for me scarification and toys that's uh that's just uh remembering Bib Fortuna too much when I was a kid. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. It's got good pictures of uh, of the shop and it really makes me want to go to Edmonton and and just check it out and uh because I mean, he's got real vintage all over the place. Everything's clean, well lit, and uh, I think once you can get over the your your fear of needles, uh, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it'd be a cool place to go. It's yeah, it's not required to get a tattoo once you get in there, but uh, you may be coaxed into it. I don't know. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That tends to happen at C five. People are like, I'm never gonna get a tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I just got a tattoo of the Kenner Looney Bird on my forehead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, awesome. Well, yeah. Let's. Uh, I guess the only other thing I was going to say was, as far as someone that we haven't uh, haven't talked about in a little while, um, let's do kind of two nostalgia pieces. Um, okay. One is John Booth, who uh, is somebody who we introduced, we interviewed maybe in our third podcast. Yeah, I think it was the third one. And he he just does a lot of uh, a whole bunch of nostalgia stuff. Like he wrote the the book Collect All Twenty One and. Um, he he's just someone who does a lot of uh a lot of good stuff about nostalgia in the late seventies and all that. And uh he put out his own podcast. Oh and, wow. And I'm That's ashamed great. to say I haven't listened to it yet because I, I was just doing research today as to you know what's been going on and I just found it, so I'm gonna listen to it later. But uh you can go to John Booth, J O H N B O O T H dot WordPress dot com 
and uh, <clears throat> you should be able to find it there. So he's, cool. he's got I lots of other. To that too. Yeah, he's got lots of other cool stuff. So, anyways, I thought uh, that that should get a little call out. Right. And then and then there's Plaid Stallions, which is one of my favorite websites uh, on, on the internet, um, plaidstallions.com, and uh, he. Uh, it's his tenth segment, and he just he just happened to post it on uh, on Rebel Scum, and no one even responded to it. And it's just one oh, of those that's, things that's where <laughs> I just get annoyed when people don't respond enough to awesome things. Um, uh, not like the 261 of you out there who have obviously responded positively, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So he uh, he uh, posted this great. Uh, it's his tenth segment of pictures of vintage Star Wars shops. So it's actually just all vintage toy stores, and they're that's, just yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, just pictures of the uh, pictures of in black and white, pictures in color, and you just see you know strawberry shortcake to Star Wars, all that stuff, and uh, it's it's really awesome. So I just uh, go to plaidstallions.com for uh, for that. You know, I'll include a, a picture on our show notes. And uh, sorry, I'm getting a little bit lost to my computer here. But we're gonna keep going, raw, Steve. Keep going. Raw. All right. Well, let's. Uh, should we maybe uh, touch a little bit more on the? Well, before we get into the R2D2 thing, we were talking about the sensor scope and the third leg. Do you think? The, <laughs> is it just me, or is the sensor scope really underrated? I I actually agree with you on that. I always thought that um, when I first found out about that figure, I, I couldn't remember if I had the one with the lightsaber or the sensor scope as a kid. I knew I had one of the two. Right, and then when I found out there was a difference, I'm like, whoa! I, I don't know. I, I think that it doesn't get enough love. I mean, no, it's, it's you know, sure, it's not as iconic as the original one or, or whatever, but I, I think it, I think it deserves a spotlight. I mean, I I remember it being like this mythical thing where I was like, I'm you know, because we had a lot of toys, but our house was a big mess, so I was pretty sure that we had one with the sensor scope, but like I maybe played with it once, and then I, I was never able to find it again, and. <laughs> I'd always kind of you know, just twist the head and you click 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 like come on come out <laughs> you know yeah but uh, anyways uh, so let's let, let's head into our nugget from the archive and we're gonna focus on uh, good old R two D two the the lady droid. <laughs> Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my god, they're gorgeous. From the archive. All right, see, so I want to uh, – I was thinking about what R2-D2 things we could do. And as you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for uh, for anything foreign. Yeah. So I was thinking why not do some Spanish? I don't think we've ever featured a, a Spanish uh, POC figure. But, no. But I'm, I'm tired of just talking about, about the Nuggets. Let's call the man who owns it, Steve. What do you say? I like it. Let's bring in the specialist. All right. Let's call Mike Ritter the R2-D2 super collector. All right, it's ringing, Steve. Here we go. He's probably watching a baseball game or something. Come on, Mike, pick up. Hello. Hey, is this Mike? Hey, Sky, what's going on? Hey, all right, you're here with uh, Sky and Steve. Hey, how's it going, oh, Mike? Hey, Steve, how's everything going with you, uh, both of you guys? Uh, it's going great. Yeah, we're just uh, recording here, and we thought... Why not give you a call? See if uh, see if you want to talk a little bit about uh, about R two D two and a little bit about your your nugget on the archive. All right, sure, go for it. 
All right. So uh, before we get into a more general talk, so you know, we we were talking. We really love this uh, this forty one back uh, Spanish R two D two. So this is now in your possession. Oh yeah, the uh, the bolt. Yep, I got that from uh, Brian Stearns uh, a couple years ago. That's always a a favorite amongst people. Yeah, well, it's it's great. First of all, is it poke or posh or pock or do you know? I've always called it poke. Um, I'm sure it's probably spelled, uh, <laughs> said differently. I'm I'm a typical New Yorker, so right. I, I, you know, I, I, I've got my accent to it. So if it's something different, I'm sure someone will tell me. But for me, it'll always be poke. All right, so we'll we'll, we'll include a picture of this. So it's a uh, it's an Empire Strikes Back R2D2. But it's got a couple great language things, and of course, you guys know I'm crazy about language. Uh, it, it has a El Imperio Contraataca in the middle, and then probably the best is it says R two D two, and then parentheses R dos de dos. <laughs> do, do, do you know yep. that, Do you know what that means, Steve? Well, I would imagine it would mean R two D two. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. R means R, and then dos de dos. Yep. It's uh, yeah, I like it. <laughs> Oh, it's really funny. Um, but what what else makes this kind of an interesting figure, uh, Mike? Well, if you guys go to the archive and look it up, uh, the back on it is a 41 back, and it's horizontal uh, compared to uh, all the other hardbacks that you'll see throughout the uh, Star Wars line. Everything's all vertical. This here has a horizontal uh, layout to it, and it's completely different compared to everything else that uh, is out there. But, yeah, it, it's, you know, compared to the classic uh, blue for Empire or, you know, the yellow background, it's just got its own unique look to it. Plus the pictures of the uh, the ships along the top, it, it's just, it's different compared to everything else. Right. And then it's uh, it's also, it's got, it's, it's weirdly cut, right? What do you mean? Like it has like square bottoms, is that right? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, uh, going along those lines. Yeah, uh, just like uh, most of your proof cards that you'll find, the cards for uh, the proof cards have square-cut bottoms and the rounded tops, and uh, the regular production cards are have four rounded corners. And this, like you mentioned, does have the uh, the two bottom uh, corners are squared off, just like a regular uh, proof card. Yeah, Why, that... something like that? I have no idea, but that's, yeah, that is a nice little added feature. Yeah, we're going to have to find, find someone to like, uh, who knows a lot about Spanish stuff to explain that. But I, I interrupted. What were you saying, Mike? I was going to say, the, uh, the only other one that I can think of besides uh, these uh, uh, cards coming up like that is uh, the, the droids Boba Fett uh, being one of those rare cards that have the square cut bottoms. Yeah, that's Everything right. Else yeah. It is all... Uh, round stuff. So I I don't know what their significance was, why they went with the with that design compared to everything else. But it's just one of those. It's just another unique feature for that car. That I think is just fantastic. Awesome. Well, I I, I got to admit to the audience that I asked him. I said, Mike, you know, what 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 do you think of your collection of all the stuff that's in the archive? What you know, what what do you think? And that's what he picked. So this was, I mean, this was selected by the man himself. And I, I mean yeah, you, well, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I say, it, it's one of those cards that whenever it gets uh, pointed out to people on, uh, usually on Rebel Film or whatnot, everyone's like, oh, I've never seen that before. That looks so neat. It's just so out of the norm 
that everybody's usually drawn to it. You know, when, when you start looking at, you know, a couple hundred different uh, cards and card backs and everything, <laughs> it, it, it's all, it all becomes the same. And then all of a sudden, just one just kind of, it just looks different, and you're like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always got that problem. Every time I get a new card and I show it to my wife, she's like, looks like the rest. I'm like, yeah, but it's <laughs> it's it's not. Look, it's got an offer and it, an extension of the offer. It's uh yeah, well, that, that, that's the adventure of being a focus collector with all my uh, archers. You know, I've cataloged over 85 different variations between, uh, you know, going from the original to the Sensoscope to all the way up to the droids. Wow. And when you start looking at them, you know, you've got the 12A, 12B, 12C, 12D, you're like, <laughs> okay, and the difference is what again? <laughs> you know, so they all nuance, things, but nuance. yet they are different. <laughs> And how 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 hardcore do you go for those differences? I mean, do you try to get twelve A's, and B's, and C's, and D's? Do you just go different card fronts? How, how do you do it? As well, first of all, let's introduce you a little bit more properly to our audiences. There are a lot of R two D two collectors, and there've been a lot over the years. But but Mike has really had the perseverance, and uh, and quite frankly, the uh, the amazing networking ability to to have what I think is pretty much the definitive uh, R two collection. Wouldn't you say, Steve? Yeah, I mean it's it's great, Mike. Um, it's it's amazing. I I, I, I won't I won't let you answer, Mike, because you know you're too humble. But uh... <laughs> well, I, I will say there's a few uh, other collectors out there, uh, especially uh, Toru. Uh, is, he's a R2 collector, and he's just as hardcore as I am as far as uh, variation of figure figure backs and everything. But where I differ from him is that I also collect pre-production. Okay, yeah. No, yeah, that's the thing. There are so many good, amazing collectors. Now, but yeah, you... there's a couple. You know, Dustin Roberts from Rebelstone is a uh, a big R2 guy. But I think he's more modern. Uh, there's a, a few of us. I've just been lucky to. You know, I, I hooked up with Brian Simmons, who uh, collected most of this vintage stuff as far as pre-production stuff, and and I was quite happy to. You know, go from there and grab his stuff when he decided to move on. Right. He, he mostly but, moved on to, to comic book art, right? Yes. Yeah. I'll never understand that, but hey, that's cool. More, more for us, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. See, you, you're saying, uh, like, how hardcore do I get? Well, as of right, uh, my last count, I think I was up to 85 or 86 different variations that I've been able to identify. Okay. And in my collection right now, I have about 62 different card backs. And are you just talking so, uh, the domestic or domestic and international? That's domestic and international. Wow. So, I, I'm working on it. There's a few out there. Uh, domestic, I'm only uh, uh, just a few away. Uh, that 20D back that uh, was found just uh, a couple of years ago, that's one of the few that evaded my gr uh, grasp. Right. Until recently, so hopefully I'll find one. Yeah, it's it's funny. Our two interviews to, uh, this month are uh, are you and, and Joe Iglesias. So we got some some real completists here. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, I had the I had the uh, honor of going up to see him uh, two years ago. His collection is just amazing. His his bootleg room in his basement is just a sight to behold. So I I have a I have a personal question, Mike. Uh, this is how I opened up the show. Why is R2-D2, why is he not a woman? <laughs> why is he not a woman? Well, first of all, Kenny Baker was the... Uh, 
Oh, good answer. Good answer. That is a good answer. <laughs> and, and, and the fact that uh, you know they kind of have that uh, C3PO R2D2 uh, collaboration. It's a typical uh, Sam Laurel and uh, Oliver Hardy. Uh, All combo. right. All right. So I was thinking so more of like uh, a husband and wife thing. It. All right. That's a good. I, I like the Kenny Baker answer. That that's that that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but what what was it that that uh, brought you to R2? Uh, was it that got me towards R2? Yeah. I've always told people when, you know, people are always asking, you know, you know, you know, how do I find my focus? What do I go after? You know, and you see some people say, well, I went after this because I like the character. I went after uh, this because no one else is collecting this. Uh, I went after this because of whatever. Basically, I let the uh, focus find me. It's just one of those things where, I collected a bunch of different things. I kind of took the shotgun approach towards collecting, where a little bit from here, a little bit from there, it was very scattered. Right. And then just one of these days, I kind of noticed, wow, I've got a bunch of different aunties sitting here. And it's just like one of those things where all of a sudden it's like, well, I've got the 12A and 12B already, and now I see someone in Rebel Stump is selling the 12C. Yeah, let me get that one too. <laughs> and, and and then all of a sudden it was like, well, there's a seventy-seven. I let me get the seventy-nine to go with that. And the next thing I know, you know, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty right. different archers. It's like, yeah, I, I think you could say that's a focus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, I, I tell you, Mike, you know, I think because, uh, you know, we've already done like the full interview with Joe, but I, we'd be great to have you back on again, you know, even if it doesn't have to be R2. Um, I can tell you listen to uh, to a lot of radio. You, you're you're a very good guest. So uh, you, you can be like our uh, our Bill Burr of uh, of our radio show. So, uh, uh, I don't appreciate that. Bill Burr's a good comic. That's not bad. I know. Yeah, feel free. Anytime you got my number, uh Feel free to drop a line whenever you feel like it. Yeah, I think we may. may maybe a good idea, and then you know, sometime we'll call and we'll give you the, the lightning round, and we'll uh, we'll get we'll get more into it. But, okay, uh, that sounds good. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, for sharing the uh, the the nugget with us. And bye, Mike. Thanks a lot, right, Mike. Take care. Yeah, man, that was that was good. Really good energy there, right? I think yeah, no, he was really good. Yeah, um, yeah, we, we should we should keep him on the dial and you know call him yeah. up like we call Lobart sometimes. <laughs> But I'm not going to come up with a song for him. Not right now. Because okay. cause we're going raw. <laughs> and you see right there, my instinct is to get uh, you know Old Dirty Bastard and, and put that in there. But I'm not going to do it, Steve. Not going to do it. All right. <laughs> so, Steve, you, you've been working like, uh, like a devil on the Market Watch this month. So uh, let's, uh, let's, let's play the drop and talk about some crazy R2s. One dollar flicks. Market watch. All right, Steve. So, what what do you have for us in the market watch? All right. So, uh, R two iconic character. I'm sure there's plenty of stuff you could spend a whole market watch just on carded figures. But I tried to go with a little bit more variety, kind of like last time. I and, love it. Uh, <laughs> so, and do you know who else loves it, Steve? Who? Chris Jorgulius loves it. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he likes it when we talk about stuff that isn't just the the figures, you know, the toys, vintage yeah. toys. That's in right. General. That's right. Yeah. So um, I figured I would start off traditional. We go with the uh, uh, twelve back um, 
yeah, it was the first one that kind of popped up. And this one was an AFA 85 and it sold for 745 bucks. Man. Which is just, uh, wow. For R2-D2? Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things. Yeah, it's it's AFA. I remember I uh, I don't know if you ever do this, but I, like I try to get my family into collecting vintage Star Wars, <laughs> and so I, I asked my my eldest brother who lives down in West Virginia. I was like, so so who's your favorite character? He's like, I don't know. I guess R two. So uh, so I bought him a twelve back R two D two and I sent it to him. Oh, nice. And he said that it, that they were really close to opening it, <laughs> but. <Uh-oh>. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then every time I go to visit him, I'm psyched because I, I see it somewhere. I'm like, ooh, vintage Star Wars. Oh, that's right. I bought it. <laughs> that's awesome. But I didn't spend uh, 750 bucks for it. Wow. No, no. That's probably a, a good thing. So Yeah. Um, and then the next one I, I found, it was a 21 back, uh, which had the secret uh, figure sticker. Now, is and it, the is this 20, the 21 back uh, Star Wars card or 21 back um, uh, Empire Strikes it's... Back? was the uh the uh, star wars card i believe oh okay so those are a lot more rare yeah and um so that one ended up selling for uh 376 dollars and i thought that was that was cool because yeah like you were saying the the uh, star wars version of that is rare and i thought the extension on the back extending it to july 1st of 1980 was a nice little uh added feature so that one sold for you know close to 400 Right, so and, uh, so so it it has so in general, in case you guys don't know, so there was uh, the Bosque offer, and initially it came out on Star Wars cards, and they put this really wicked uh, starburst. This is one of my favorite favorite offers, and uh, it was like a starburst sticker, and then on the back they they said get a secret Star Wars figure, and then some of them have uh, extensions on them. Yeah, and again, the idea that this sells for four hundred, I've never seen it. I'm sure you know Mike Ritter's maybe seen three, and he's spent paid more attention to this than anything. Yeah, and, and then the twelve back goes for seven hundred. Yeah, topsy turvy town, Steve. Definitely. <laughs> so um, now uh, we're gonna plunge into the more obscure things that I found. Um, <laughs> there's a great uh, placemat from Sigma. Uh, it was from 1982, and uh, that one. Sold for six dollars. <laughs> it's a nice little, <laughs> little bargain if you got some some kids at home that uh, if you can you know convince them to eat their vegetables by putting them on the Sigma placemat, it's it's a good deal. Oh um, man, that's beautiful. <laughs> I I gotta say, Steve, I'm I'm really on the fence. I may start a Sigma focus. Like, just, oh just, man, you just, could really do something with that. <laughs> this awesome artwork. I mean, this has got R two D two on one side, a red carpet down the middle, and then C three PO on the other. Yeah, it looks like it could be the Death Star if the Death Star were designed by the people who made Bespin. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's really, <laughs> I, it was really strange. So I, but it's great. So I, I shit. Now, or excuse me, I may have to. Uh oh. Now I'm going to have one. to edit this out, Steve. <laughs> That's the first swear. The first one. Yeah. Um, What's oh happened man, to you, could, Steve? I just, I just realized you could get a set of four for twenty dollars, so you could feed the whole family. You could. Oh man. Oh, uh, yeah, they're okay. great. Um, all right, so moving forward. Um, <laughs> How do you move forward from that placemat, Steve? I don't know. I, I don't know. We're going to go across the seas to Japan. Uh, this is something I think we talked about when you were over in Japan, the uh, yeah. rocket firing from Takara, the, uh, the R2-D2. Oh, beautiful. And it's, uh, 
uh, mitten box for 75 bucks. So I, I've never, I hadn't tried to look these up before. I'm not sure if that's standard or uh, high or low, but I thought that it was reasonable. I wasn't really sure what to expect, to be honest. So, right. Um, well, that one did sell for 75, another classic R2 piece. And then, yeah, uh, for 75 bucks, that doesn't seem, seem particularly high. I mean, that's a no, no, 1978 piece. It's in the box. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And it's an R2D2 that shoots. Yep. <laughs> what else can you ask for? No. Um, <laughs> and so we're, we're going to continue the international theme. We'll go up to Canada. Um, it's a this really funky looking bank uh, from, I guess it was the company was called Reliable, which is <laughs> good. I, I guess I'd want my piggy bank to be reliable. Yeah, um, right up until you smash it with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, that one sold for about 28 bucks so uh and there was a few of them that all sold around around 25 to 30 bucks and i'd never seen those either so uh that was i think check the year on that i think i know it's vintage i'm just not sure which year it came from uh, i don't think the description says but if huh. anyone knows uh, let us know because i, I i'm kind of curious which which era that came from it, yeah I mean, we got a lot of canadian listeners um so yeah so if you know about the canadian uh, Canadian reliable bank. The question is, is it made by reliable or was it like a, you know what? I think Joe has this. Oh yeah. That looks like something that was in Joe's picture that he sent me. Ah, a I mean, good detective work. We're going to have to look at that. I mean, that doesn't look licensed. Does it, it doesn't know. That didn't strike me as something that they would say, Oh yeah, that looks about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> start pumping them out. But, uh, I, I don't know. It's a good question. We'll have to look at that. All um, right, so if you know about that, chivecast at gmail.com. And, of course, it's supposed to be pronounced chivecast. <laughs> yeah, and so we got two more to round it out. We got a vintage 1977 R2-D2 model kit, and uh, that one sold for about 25 bucks. And it, I don't think – it looks like it was unused, and I, I never was really into model kits as a kid. I'm sure there's a lot of people that were, and right. um, I, it just seems like – an R2D2 would be a cool thing to put together uh, because there's going to be so many little interlocking pieces. So right, um, and the box art I actually really liked on this one. It's a uh, it's got a nice little um, original looking piece of art with R2. And uh, yeah, I, did, I just thought it was a nice little random item that I had not run across before that deserves some attention. Yeah, R2D2 so, collectors have it awesome. They have yeah, so many nice items with just the blue and the white. It's, you know, good good color scheme and it's uh yeah, it's nice. Yeah. I just I just noticed a nice little detail in the box. It, it kind of goes against the uh, the old reliable bank. This one is the authentic R2D2. Right. Or <laughs> <laughs> a model. So Maybe the other one's not not quite up right. to snuff, It's reliable. It's not authentic, but it's reliable. Yeah, yeah it's sturdy. <laughs> and then they have the instructions too. Did you see that in one of the pictures? It's Android assembly manual. Yes, that's perfect, perfect instruction title there. <laughs> but, uh, and what's the last one, Steve? Last thing, it's, uh, it's also Canadian, so we're going back up, up north. It's a the, the GDE 12-inch R2 in a box, and that one sold for 165 now I, I I figured you may know a little bit more about this than I do. Right. Um, you know more about the the GDE stuff. So would one sixty five be in range for that, or is that? Uh, you know, the... the thing is, I mean, although I love Canadian stuff, I'm a bad person to ask because okay. I can't believe that's not more. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. for me, I took a look at it. I mean, it's not sealed, right? 
So no. um, it does seem a little bit low. I mean, I got I got my. I mean, it has the Death Star plans in it, um, and it's a really yeah. nice condition box. That seems pretty low to me. I I would picture that to be at least a two hundred two hundred dollar item. But again, okay. it's I'm a hard person to ask because I see French and it just doubles for me. So <laughs> yeah. Well, no, right on. Yeah, no, that that's a nice purchase. Well, man, I was I'm telling you that's a really good, uh, really good market watch. You got a little bit of everything. Now, if you didn't know the values of all of them, I mean, I think the Sigma placemat would be the second thing I'd get. I think the first thing, <laughs> yeah. first thing I'd get would be the reliable bank. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's funny. The last thing I would get is the thing that is worth is sold the most, and that's the twelve back, yeah. the least yeah. interesting by far. <laughs> yeah. Do you think we can do it, Steve? Can we push the value of Sigma items up just uh, just through our uh, our influence over the 261st Legion? <laughs> we, we may be able to. We just got to <laughs> plug it as much as we can. We just have yes. to make it a show-by-show a, a show thing. We got to just – Yeah, just the placemats. Let's just focus on the placemats. So right now you can get a set for 20. I say yeah. we're not happy until you know all of you <laughs> out there start bidding against each other. You know, bid up the Sigma placemats. <laughs> All right, see, well, we've we've teased it enough. I think it's time to to play the the Joe Iglesias uh, interview. And as you hear at the beginning, he was very disappointed that you weren't there, Steve. So I I apologize. Uh, uh, it's all good. I'm, I'm glad you were able to get it because it, it's important. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because I just emailed the wrong account, and uh, and <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, but no, it's great. And as everyone knows, you know, Joe. Uh, is, is one of the most open and friendly people to talk to. Um, hey, Joe, how's it going? Wobble Wobble Sky and uh, Steve, how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, we're doing great. It's uh, it's just me. It's it's hard to get Steve more than one night a week. But, uh, oh, I know, Steve. That's we'll, we'll, not fair. I know. We'll, we'll try and uh, include some questions for him. I have some B-Wing questions I'll have to ask you later. Not a problem. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, it's been really exciting. Really happy to talk to you. Sorry we didn't get a hold of you last month. And like I said, you know, when Steve and I were recording two months ago, right after we hit stop, that was when we when you when you uh, published those pictures, and we were like, no fair. This is the most interesting thing to happen all year, and we have to wait a month to talk about it. Oh, it's it's still. Uh, I think the limelight is still only on the second page after being up there for a couple of months. So I know that's pretty good of it. Yeah, it's great. I, I was thinking. Um, you know, because it also got uh, mentioned on the, the Star Wars official blog. Yes, it did. Thanks to P. Vilmer uh, seeing it and uh, being very enthused about it. Yeah, and then and then there it only got four responses. And I don't I don't understand that. Do you, Joe? I just think a lot of people didn't grasp what they were looking at. They're too busy looking for Jar uh, Jar figures or something. Yeah, or, you know, spoilers on season four of the next show. I, I don't know what, but uh, it, it made me feel better because when I did my, my haircut video, it only got like two responses. And uh, c compared to this, that was not very impressive. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, people on the official Star Wars blog, I guess, uh, expect something a little different than uh, us vintage snobs uh, put out there. Right, but uh, you know what's what I do like, Joe, is that uh, even though you you may call yourself a vintage snob, I mean, what you've done here is you really, very jokingly. Yeah, I mean, you you really opened yourself up to uh, to everybody with with this limelight and. Uh, I know a lot of people tend to be sometimes secretive with their collection or don't like talking about it. And uh, what, what what made you decide to finally just sort of put it all out there? It was something that a few people had been pestering me about because they wanted to see pictures of certain things. And I just felt it was 
something that was long overdue because I'd hinted at it a few times a couple of years ago and never uh, produced, and it was just the timing. The timing was right. How do you? Is there any kind of center to the collection, or you know, con- chronologically, or by line, or by character, or? Um... Um, it's all segmented by line. Okay. And the center piece of the collection is the tall case with my Jose carded set in it. That's surrounded and behind with uh, the molds from the Uze factory. Right. Yeah, that's, that's uh, definitely, definitely the centerpiece. Now, so you pronounce it Uze. Do you know is that the proper pronunciation? I have no idea. You'd have to ask <laughs> uh, one of our Turkish forum members. Because I, I met someone from Turkey, and I, I was like. Uze. They're like, what? I'm like, that's the only Turkish word I know. And they were like, oh, Uze, something like that. And I'm like, oh, really? But <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we've all been pronouncing it wrong uh, for years, just like the glass light, glass leet um, thing that uh, everyone talks about every now and again. Right. But uh, so I, I'm curious, how, how long did it take you? Like, when did you start collecting Star Wars in general? And how long did it take you to, to move on to bootlegs from there? I started collecting Star Wars here and there in about 90, 1990. I think I bought my first bootlegs probably around 1995. Okay. So what were you doing in that five-year period? Um, buying loose Kenner stuff and beat-up box stuff at flea markets and toy shows and things of that nature. Just, you know, what everyone does when they start off, it's just I didn't have the internet to uh, teach me... Uh, there are better ways to do it faster, I guess. You, you've always been been in Providence. I've always been in Providence. I've, I go. To, I used to go to toy shows in Massachusetts. You know, there used to be a really great show at the Bayside Expo Center. I'd go to every year. We, we must have been at the same show at some point because I remember I went to I went to one. It was before I collected toys, and I was really psyched because I got the holiday special on VHS. And nice. uh, <laughs> I thought, boy, I've really figured this out. Like, little did you're I know. Like, you're buying bootlegs then. Exactly. <laughs> And so what what was it that, that brought you into the, the bootleg world? I mean, 95, that was right around the time most people were getting into the new modern stuff. Uh, what, what 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 sparked that? Um, well, I was set up at a uh, toy show. With, I was next to a collector named Paul Levesque, uh, who used to run uh, a thing called POF2, which was a spoof on the Power of the Force 2 line. And he and I were talking. He had a few loose Polish figures, a couple of carded Hungarian figures, and they caught my eye a little bit at first. I was a little standoffish, and by the end of this <laughs> show, I ended up buying my first Polish uh, bootlegs. And, and do you carded uh, Leia, a carded Wicket, and a couple of loose uh, Polish unarticulated figures. Do, do you still have those original figures from '95? Yes, I do. All right, They're still, still in my collection. And do, do you have some kind of uh, like almost like nostalgic connection to those as the beginning of your collection? It's just cool to look at them and be like, oh, so this is, you know, this is what set me over the edge. There's just always been something about them that has appealed to me on, you know, many levels. The cheese factor, the fact that there is no, you know, there's no fine, there's no fin- final finality to it. Right. <laughs> you may complete a set, but there's always going to be a million other weird bootlegs that surface that you've never seen before. Yeah, I was doing some research uh, in my old emails where I used to email. I used to email John, John Alvarez, a lot about, about Polish, and I'd always kind of try and get well, how many different Chewbacca's are there. And I was trying to get like an answer, and he was like, well, there, you can't – there is no real answer. You know, there are as many colors as there are. That's how many there could be. I think at last count, I'm up to like 19 or 20. Yeah, I, I saw that recently that you, uh, you, you, took the, you took them out and set them aside against the white background to see them. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm jealous. I think I, I stopped at six somewhere around there, and then I just said I I can't I can't do it anymore. I don't have any space. <laughs> it's a little. It can be a little daunting at times, and you get the point where you're thinking, "Am I nitpicking too much about this variation, or is it really variation?" No, I, I don't you know, think you can. Such a slice you off. Yeah, you can't nitpick too much. I mean, I I wonder. I mean, have you ever looked around and thought that you had too much stuff? Um, I sometimes go into the bootleg room and wonder what you know what I'm thinking, but it's you know it's still fun, and I'm still amazed by some of the things I come across on a regular basis that I never existed. It still happens. Still happens now. Yeah, I just got two pieces in the mail today that until last week I never knew they existed. What 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 what, what are they? Um, they are laser vision cartridges. Leisure Vision? It's a Canadian uh, video game system very similar to Intellivision, I would imagine, or ColecoVision. Okay. And they're space games that have Star Wars graphics on them. Wow. And uh, Michael Choman put them on uh, Rebels Covenants for Sale thread. I had never seen them. I messaged them immediately and got them. And yeah, they arrived today. And that, those are pieces prime example. You never know what's going to come <laughs> up if you, you know, collecting bootlegs with licensed stuff. It, it, you know what exists. There's no uh, no guessing factor. There's no uh, surprise factor. I guess. Wow. Yeah. That's 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 pretty awesome. I wonder leisure or leisure. I wonder how they pronounce it in in Canada. Maybe, yeah, I do not know. <laughs> it makes me think of train spotting. But uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I was actually thinking too. Maybe instead of bootlegs, really, what you collect is unlicensed, right? Because bootlegs is is too too narrow of a terminology. I, mean, I know people get lost. But, uh... uh yeah, it collects unlicensed Star Wars memorabilia. It's you know, there's bootlegs, there's knockoffs, and I don't really collect much for customs right. or some of that fan art. Yeah, you know, some of the fan art stuff like the vinyl toys. I don't collect much of that stuff, but I have a couple of pieces that you know were exceptional that I do like. Right, like, like the the Simpsons, uh, the Simpsons Star Wars stuff. The Simpsons Star Wars <laughs> stuff, some of the Suck Lord stuff. Uh, yeah, and uh, I mean. I- I'm, I'm trying to think, you know. Again, I'm I'm trying to how do we how do we approach this now? I have sort of a long list of just sort of random questions that that I've been mean, meaning to ask, or some that I've even seen an answer to, but I wouldn't mind asking again. Um, but then I was thinking, well, you know, the the theme of this this month is R2D2, so uh, Joe had the had the good idea, and I asked him to do the good idea of just putting together all of his R2D2s in sort of one shot. H- how long did that take you, Joe? Um, to move everything around and put that together, probably about a half an hour. I'm still not done putting everything back where it belongs because <laughs> I got interrupted and uh, didn't get a chance to do it last night. So, well, I, I appreciate that you took the effort, and I think that our audience uh, will too, because this, I mean, really, it's a it's an excellent way to see the whole world of unlicensed Star Wars toys. I mean, uh, I think with a character like R2, you, you have just about one of everything here, right? I mean, there can't be much that's not represented in, in this one photo. There's a, There are a couple pieces that I don't own, and there are a few things that have other characters on them, like there are quite a few unlicensed pieces that have both an R2 and a 3PO on them that I didn't include. Right. Um, there's a really nice R2 plush that I know Ron Salvatore has one of that I would love to own. Anyone listening that has one, uh, contact me, please. Um <laughs> But that's something that I'd really like to add to the collection at some point. Um, and I'm sure there's other things that are out there that I don't have. That uh, Actually, I'm waiting for an R2-D2 uh, AM radio that I just want on eBay to show up. Wow. And it was, uh, un- unlicensed AM radio? 
Yep, an unlicensed R2 AM radio. Let's let, let's let's dig into uh, to this picture, right? So we're, we're going to sure. put it up on our on our uh, show notes, but I'll try and describe things a little bit in case you're just listening to this and you can't see. So, out of all these items, what would you say is the oldest in terms of produced items? If you had to guess. Mm, that is I, a tough call. I was thinking that the Space War Play Kid, right? Because that was... Uh, that, a, yeah, it was like 70, that was like 77, 78 right there. The Play Kid piece definitely right. would. Yeah, that would have to be the, about the oldest piece in there. All right. And then probably the newest piece would be one of the modern... Uh, yeah, the modern... Uh, actually, the newest piece would be the uh, RTG, R, yeah, the R2 uh, hookah that's in the corner there. Oh, right. That, that my girlfriend just bought for me at... a. Uh, Head shop she went to a couple of weeks ago, and it was brand new on the shelf. So, oh wow, I didn't I didn't figure out I didn't know what that was. I thought maybe it was like a, like a silly straw for like a Dragon Ball, a Kowloon or something. Oh, it's a but, silly uh, straw, of course. <laughs> but uh... wow, yeah. So right there, you have a, a good a good thirty uh, thirty some odd years of uh, what thirty four years of, of R two D two not knockoffs. And there's there's so much cool stuff here. I mean, right next to it, you have the the Uze. And uh, so that's – I never even really – I've never obviously never held one of those. So it's a it's a sensor scope that they, they included it's with a, the Uze? Uh, nope, it's a uh, pop-up lightsaber. Right. Okay. So it's a pop-up lightsaber in the Uze. And so you have a loose one too. Does it, does it come out it's easily? There's one or? in front of it. Right. And does it come out easily? Does it, does it work? It works. It comes out. It doesn't pop out. It just kind of uh, pushes up and you have to give it a little, uh, little tug to get it out of there, which I don't recommend. <laughs> You figure that rare and expensive, right? Yeah, well, you know, maybe do it once on video and then never do it again. Now, how many of those do you think are in existence of the of the carded uh, Uze R2s? I would guesstimate between a dozen and twenty. Okay, wow. I that... really can't, you know. Right, of course. I could I could go back and ask the people that brought the bulk of the ones that are in the U.S. over and ask them how many they brought. Right. And. I'd have a, I'd probably have a little bit better of a uh, number, but then again, how many of those survived? And how right. many of them got opened? And right, wow, a lot of variables there. Wow, and then you have uh, looks like a ceramic uh, knockoff next to it, sort of like a custom mid seventies mug. Um, there's a mug. Um, then next to that is uh, an RTD2 battery charger. Oh, wow, oh for D batteries, is that it? Yep. <laughs> Does does it work? I've never tried it. It's still got a plug, but I'm I, I got it from Shane. He bought a big collection. It was in there. He uh, messaged me saying he had it. I bought it and just put it on the shelf. I didn't really uh, want to take a chance of burning my house down or losing the toy. So. <laughs> yeah, that that well, that if it, if there's going to be any way that your entire collection goes, that would be the best way. Trying trying to plug in your R2D2 battery charger. <laughs> No, let's not on that one. Yeah, yeah, let's not on that one. All right, then, then how about the machine gun robot? Because that's one that interests me a lot. So that's a, a boxed R2-D2, and it just – does it say space machine gun robot? Is that what it um, says there? looks like it says – Yeah, it's using the glare on the picture. Yeah. But it's um, – that, that was actually just an eBay piece. Okay. And I was just doing one of my many, many searches using really weird keywords and – right. It came up, and I just waited till the very end, and uh, there it was. And I got it reasonably cheap. It was under, including shipping, it was under $20. So, you know, good stuff can still be found pretty cheap. 
Yeah, yeah, I imagine. I mean, how how much time do you do you think you spend in a week, in an average week, uh, like coming through eBay? Depends on how busy it is with my shop. To be completely honest, if it's really busy, I spend less time and less money. And <laughs> if it's dead, uh, I'll search. I'll use ridiculous search words and right. everything I can possibly think of that could lead to something that looks like a Star Wars character. And I've come up with, you know, quite a few fun things that way. Right. I mean, I, I know those are all trade secrets, but is there is there one that you've retired that's uh, that's funny you could share, or do you just want to keep it all to yourself? Um, one that I've retired, Ugly Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> that actually got me a few really nice, uh, lots of stuff uh, in the past, but it just, you know, I don't think I've got anything using that, anything good using that for a few years. So that one, uh, that's one secret I can throw out there. Wow, that's great. Do, do you remember any any particular ones that you got with Ugly Star Wars? Um, there was one lot um, of figures. It was a t- it was literally like full sets of carded Episode One and Power of the Force Two bootlegs, along with a bunch of weird little knockoff pieces from this one seller. And the shipping was more than the toys cost me. The toys, wow! I think I did was like three or four dollars, and the shipping was like sixteen dollars per box or something. Wow. Uh, ugly Star Wars. Back years. I'm sure shipping now would be a, a lot more, but that was a uh, one notable uh, goodbye using that. Wow, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, ugly Star Wars. So that, that that does pretty much say it all. I mean, <laughs> all right, let, let's get back to the the, the massive R2 picture. First of all, I'm I'm hopefully going to be uh, interviewing Mike Ritter later, so we'll, it'll it'll be fun to have his reaction to this picture. <laughs> I'm sure he has 90% of what's on the shelf. Yeah, well, still, that 10% is what's going to kill him. <laughs> uh, Actually, he was very, he's the R2 AM radio I'm waiting for. He sent me uh, a thing on uh, an e- email asking me if I'd seen it or not. Huh. So he's responsible for that being in my collection. There's a few other pieces that he saw and sent me messages about. So I also rely on friends to help me find stuff more than you'd think. Yeah, well, that's that's... I think at a, at a certain point, I mean, I know it's been life's been really crazy for me, and I just the idea of looking at eBay with the amount of economic turmoil I'm in has just been terrible. So I've just been more or less staying away from eBay, but I still manage to to go past my budget every year just with people saying, "Oh, hey, by the way, look at this." Like, All right, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely hard to stay on a budget collecting stuff. I'm just you know fortunate that I still have a lot of things I accumulated through the years that I don't care about owning any longer to sell. Right. Or else I'd be going, you know, I'd be in the poorhouse by now. Right. Well, I mean, I guess that's the advantage of, of collecting from since uh, since 1990. And then it, it seems as though uh, almost dominating this whole this whole shelf is, is a lot of Japanese pieces that I see. Oh, the top shelf? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's... Uh, he sure gets violent in uh, in uh, in Japan, doesn't he? Yes, he's uh, he's uh, he has an alter ego in Japan, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So especially with the uh, VR one there. Yeah, so so the VR one that's uh, one that you've you've shown at at conventions and we've talked about on the Kivecast before, <clears throat> but uh, that's that's the R two D two after. You know, I like to think he's going undercover with uh with the the third reich and uh that's why he's wearing a swastika is cuz he's trying to break into the space nazis and and you know destroy their their space nazi death star from within 
No. It's, it's, it's possible, but uh, <laughs> the Japanese uh, Japanese probably had their own uh, design on that one. Uh, but yeah, it's an R2-D2 that comes with swastika armbands, and uh, it's a little uh, the, the less politically correct R2. Right. Well, I think I mean uh, I mean let's I mean let's face it. I mean he, uh, George Lucas called them stormtroopers, which is you know what what they called the. Uh, the bad guys in World War II, anyways, the Gestapo. So it's not that far of a, of a leap to to make it. And you know, the the helmet looks like a you know Nazi helmet. So Darth Vader's helmet looks like a Nazi helmet in a lot of ways. So it's uh, it's not too far, but it's definitely okay. It's too far, but it's too far, but it's it's still fun. It's yeah. not it's not so far that I think uh, anyone's going to be offended by because I don't think anyone's buying that piece. Uh, as a as an object of hate. No, no. <laughs> Finally, I can express my love of Nazism through Star Wars toys. I mean, there, there's still so much here to choose from. Do you have a particular favorite item of your R2s, just as an example? Um, one of my favorites isn't because of how cool the piece itself is. It's just the story behind it. It's the uh, Charlie, uh, the educational robot uh, there in the corner. Okay, so so what this is, it's this kind of weird blue ramp... And it's got an R two D two esque dome, and it's called Charlie. And, and now Joe's going to tell us about it. <laughs> and there's one above it called Star Two, which obviously is you know you can see that. And there's Max, which is next to it, which is a cheaper, I think, the last ditch effort of the same company to cash in on it. But it's an educational uh, tool that has cards that go on the front of it. But that particular piece um, was on eBay, and it was from the estate of a copyright lawyer that had died. Huh. It was being sold uh, via, you know, this company that was putting everything he owned on eBay. I, I asked if there was any file or anything on the piece, that, and they weren't allowed to sell any of that stuff, unfortunately, because that would have been wonderful to acquire, like, cease and desist letters or <laughs> things like that. Right. That's awesome. So it's – so it, it – so we went to a copyright lawyer, and he was trying to figure out, was he working for Lucasfilm or maybe working for – I guess for... he had been working for Lucasfilm. They, they, the people selling his stuff told me that he you know, did a lot of work for Lucasfilm, and it was just in his archive of stuff that he'd had to examine to figure out what he could do to the company selling it. Right. And I guess not much because they made three versions of it, hey? Yep. <laughs> wow, that is awesome. I mean, that's, I guess for a bootleg collector, that's, that's really almost like a holy grail because there you have uh, you know, actual interaction between the licensee and the, and the bootleggers. and Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's not a particularly rare piece in and of itself, but just the history of it of the piece makes it you know that much cooler in my eyes. Right, that's awesome. And also, I noticed something that I find. I know you probably don't like the word, but I found kind of cute was uh, the, the picture of you with uh, with Steve Sansweet that you that you feature so prominently. You tell the story uh, on on the thread, but could you uh, share it with our listeners? Um, well, I. Generally, at every convention that I go to, um, well, whilst people still working for Lucasfilm, I'd right. hand him the ugliest bootleg I had, you know, nearby, and take a picture with him holding it and give him this look of disdain uh, at the <laughs> bootleg. Um, the picture that's in my collectible room, in my bootleg room, framed, Tyler had Steve sign for me. Oh, okay. And then he, then he mailed me a copy of it. Yeah, well, I just I, I, the reason why I say cute because it's you know obviously you have the the Rancho Obi Wan equivalent of of bootlegs, so it's kind of neat seeing the 
the, the sort of the real head of licensed collecting and then sort of the the fake head of fake collecting, you know, sort of sitting together in the same picture. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, that and the, and the thing on the StarWars.com, it seems as though, you know, there's a certain amount of acceptance here with, uh, with bootlegs, at least the old ones. Yeah, I'm sure there's no acceptance of the uh, modern ones that are still costing them money. What do we got to do to get that uh, the, the bagged three-pack B-Wing pilot out of your collection and into Steve's collection? I'm, 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 twisting the, I'm twisting the screw here for Steve. What, what do we have to do to make that happen, Joe? Hmm. First what of all, would, what it, would get that, that out of my collection? Yeah, is it a two-pack or a three-pack? I couldn't tell from the picture. It's a three-pack, but only two of them are... Uh, whichever... Uh, Right. They are. Okay. So, so um, I mean, and and it's got like so. Just so everyone knows, it's got like a Return of the Jedi header. I assume they're they're Mexican, somewhat somewhat yeah, modern. They're Mexican. They're Mexican, Mexican uh, semi articulated. Okay, so like from nineties, say right. Um, I'd say those are earlier ones because they net there. You don't find the pilots in uh, the later uh, stuff that still uh, pops up a lot. Right. So I think the molds of those got messed up early on and they just never made another one huh. so those are probably late 80s more so than 90s okay but what it would take uh let's see you could find me uh a mexican man a man there's a mexican man a man bootleg that i missed on ebay a few years ago that still plagues me to this day okay um let's see the hungarian y-wing uh, vehicle that's out there i wouldn't mind having one of those that's on my hit list okay um and, of course, if uh, any Polish carded figures turn up, uh, that'd be a finder's fee. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, I think, you know, we, we, we have a, a growing listener base. So if anyone really wants to help Steve, help Joe find the Mexican Amana Man, well, Polish carded, that may, may be a little bit much to ask our audience to find. But the, Well, like uh, I said, that, the, the, <laughs> that, that multi-pack would be a finder's fee for finding some Polish carded pieces. So, What's the most expensive item that you're comfortable saying what you bought, discussing. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a very open person about my collection and what I paid for things, and a lot of it's very much common knowledge. Yeah, as far as bootlegs, the bootleg I paid the most for is very much publicly out there because it's detailed in painstaking, you know, painstakingly, <laughs> I should say. I think I know and, where we're uh, going here. <laughs> a threat on Rebel Scum, yes. <laughs> the uh, carded uh, Polish Hoth trooper there. Right, so that's the, the black uh, Polish Hoth trooper. And that, uh, I, I got to say, Joe, I know that was painful for you, but as a, as a spectator, that was a very interesting series of events. <laughs> I remember I watched that, that auction as it went down to the very end. I mean, I think a lot of people were just watching to see what was going on. And then, then the, the, the final uh, five-digit figure came up, and it was, it was pretty shocking. Well, my regret is that I should have just offered him more as a buyout to end the auction than I did initially, because he probably would have taken it, and that would have saved me quite a bit of money and uh, kept that from turning into a, what is it, seven-page or eight-page thread. Right. <laughs> but then you have the mold for it, too? What, what's what, No, what? no. The mold that's in front of it is actually for just a regular uh, Polish uh, hot stormtrooper. Uh, so it like wouldn't... For like a first, it wouldn't, second, or third gen. Okay, so it wouldn't have been the same mold for that, then? No, no. It's a completely different figure. Oh, Okay. All right, because I was thinking, man, that that would be some kind of sick, of sick of sick focus to have those two things together. I mean, at least it's awesome. I mean, there's, you know, as far as bootlegs go, it's got vintage imagery and it's a different color and it's got the the Polish writing on it. And 
I mean, as as far as things in your collection, it's definitely it's by far not my favorite. No offense, but it's it's oh, one of the it's, it's one of the coolest looking things in there. So it's it's, it's definitely a keystone piece. It's you know very aesthetically pleasing. It's you know prominently displayed on my po- you know in my Polish articulated and uh, Polish deluxe section of uh, that wall. Right. Now, now here's here's a stupid question. Have you ever laid? I mean, <laughs> have you ever weighed your lead collection? Ever weighed my lead collection? No, yeah. I have not. All right. Well, well, sometime you should do that and send in the response to me because I, I'm I'm just curious because you have a complete model trim set, right? Uh, I have a complete uh, box model trim set. Yeah. Right, and those things Everything are with complete box. Those are all like a, a pound and a half each, right? I don't know if they're that heavy each. Yeah, maybe I'm exaggerating. Yeah, I'd have to find someone with like a small scale just to weigh an individual figure. And uh... see, th- th- these are the stupid things that I come up with on, on my own. So if you have anything else you want you want to throw out there, you can go ahead. <laughs> but, no, that'd be that would definitely be interesting to see what they all uh, a full set came up to. You know, you could, you could compare it to a full set of Kenner and see see what the difference is. And and really, you know, bootlegs you're getting a better deal. You know, for the pound for pound, so to speak. Oh, I'm I'm amazed at some of the prices that the uh, model trends that are on uh, Rebel Storm right now are selling for. Yeah, exactly. what, what do you? How would you trace the bootleg market? Like, say, since, I mean, uh, do you think since '95? I mean, you could almost do like a graph. I mean, obviously nothing scientific, but I mean, how would you see it kind of dip and and rise? I mean, do you think it's going up now or going down? Or what, what do you see the market like now? Well, right now, I see a lot of newer bootleg collectors just getting into it. There, a couple of kids are really uh, getting uh, heavily into the Mexican stuff, mm-hmm. and they're buying some Polish stuff as well as a few, you know, new, newer collections of both of those. And as they get deeper into it, they're gonna start, you know, wanting, you know, higher end pieces and nicer pieces, and it's, you know, gonna just continue uh, to escalate for them. But they, I guarantee there will be, a, you know, once they've attained full collections, there'll be a slight dip unless there are a couple of new collectors in the interim. Right. I've seen bootleg collecting ebb and flow a few times through the years. And do you, do you think it almost returns to a sort of medium, or do you feel it's, I mean, obviously it's a lot more since 1995, but I mean, would you say since 2003 that it's gone remarkably up or remarkably down on, on the whole? Or I think it's gone remarkably up right. because there's more information about bootlegs out there. And, you know, it's probably because people are getting... Board having cookie cutter collections, right? That <laughs> they want cookie crumble collections. So I'm I'm thinking of the 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 Uze, uh, Chewbacca with the, the the crumbled up graham crackers on the front, which which was that was my introduction in, into bootleg purchasing. And I remember speaking of overpaying, you know, I I paid uh, seven hundred for that back in '04, I think it was. I don't I don't think you could get one for seven hundred dollars now. Do you? A Carduze Chewbacca. Yeah, it's probably one of the you know most common Uzes, but I and for a high grade one, definitely no way at all. Right. For one that's a little rough, maybe. Right. You know, it that just depends on the day. Right. So I mean, I still I'm at, I'm at the point where I don't think any Carduze would sell on the, if one came up on eBay, no matter what character it was, it wouldn't go for less than a thousand. Wow. Yeah. I remember about five years ago, uh, 
one of my friends was selling a card at Emperor's Royal Guard. He had it on there about four times with a buy it now four fifty, and it just sat. Oh man! You couldn't touch it. You could probably get a loose one for that much right now. Wow. Do you do you feel that that your limelight has has helped bootlegs uh, gain popularity? Maybe amongst yeah people on Rebel Scum and a couple of few people that were paying attention on uh, Star Wars blog, I'm sure that at least you know made them think, hmm, those are kind of neat. Maybe I'll get one or two. Right. That's honestly, <laughs> how I started, I was like, I'll just get a couple of them. They'll kind of offset things a little bit. And yeah. Yeah, the the first one's always free, as they say, or or always seems cheap. <laughs> Well, I I personally think that it has. I, I think that it seems like bootlegs have gotten a lot more uh, respect and a lot more interest. And that's, again, going to the initial point, which is just being open with your collection. Yeah, I think it's ultimately going to help you, you know, more people contacting you, more people knowing about you and, and selling you things. But at the same time, if you have extras, building more interest in, in bootlegs in general. So yeah it seems it seems to be nothing but good. What's up with the umbrella that's That's the one thing I really wanted to know. so you have a bootleg like see through umbrella w- Where did that come from? What do you know about it? Okay, it was uh an eBay purchase uh-huh. It has both Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica uh characters on it, and they're not images of the characters when it comes to Star Wars. they're actually images of figures. The Darth Vader that's on there has lightsaber coming out of his arm, you know in just a standard Kenner three and three quarter figure pose. Wow. The R two looks more like a Kenner figure than it does the movie R two and it has uh let's see it has a uh Cylon on it on one of the other on the other side and it says Battle Wars and <laughs> Spaceships. It came from Canada. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if it was manufactured in Canada. Right. But the seller that I purchased it from was from Canada. Wow. Well, you know, on on the Kivecast, we have a long-standing anti-Battlestar Galactica stance, so that, uh, that that's quite a controversial item. But that's that's pretty awesome, though, to have the two put together. I mean, that's uh, can't think of anything else where you have Battlestar Galactica and Star Wars in the in the same thing. Much less Star Wars toys. I mean, it makes me think of some of uh, Matthias's displays. You know, that are of the figures uh, from Sweden that are not of uh, not actually of the of the characters. But I mean that's a whole other area of, of collecting, I think, of just images of the toys as opposed to images of the characters. So, yeah, that's uh, that that's an awesome piece. Actually, I do have one other thing that has Battlestar Galactica in Star Wars, and it's a Mexican uh, piece. It has a Star Wars Power of the Force header. Okay. On the on the top of the bag, and it has a Cylon uh, spaceship inside the packaging, and there's also a. a uh, Darth Vader, well, it's a Cylon body with a Darth Vader head out there as well. Yeah, I think I've seen that one before. That's true. I hadn't thought about that because that's sort of like part of the whole Darth Vader knockoff robot series, right? Yep. Yeah. And then someone, uh, I believe it's Mike Mike Foster, has a really neat Mazinga Darth Vader uh, knockoff. It's got Mazinga's uh, body with a Darth Vader head. All right, and then is there is there other other licenses then? Speaking of hybrids, I mean, do you, are there like Star Trek, Star Wars uh, hybrids, or Wonder Star Wars, Star Wonder Trek Woman? Hybrid I can think of is a Mexican static Spock. It's like a Spock, it's a the three and three quarter uh, ego Spock. Uh huh. But he's wearing a Yoda belt. Really? Yes, I've got th- that in two different colors. Huh. 
Wow, this is a really neat area. I just think about this. We'll just have to call you again because uh, there's there's too much here. But we got to go into the. Are you ready for the lightning round? Sure. Oh, no one's ever ready for lightning round. So be it. Okay, so what is your best collecting moment? Best collecting moment. I know we're spending like good twenty years here. My best collecting moment would probably be realizing that prototypes are not the be-all, end-all of collecting and submerging myself into bootlegs. Huh. So that that was like a, it was like a, a moment where your like, psychology changed and that was really what, what you feel was, was the most sort of satisfying moment. And that, was that in 95? That, no, it was, much, it was later. It was, probably, it was late 90s. It, I had just gotten a uh, J-slot rocket set and about two weeks after acquiring it, I just realized how absolutely boring and overrated it is. <laughs> and that's when I just decided, hey, these are much, yeah, these are way cooler. They're not boring at all. I'm going to just start buying more of these. Instead of collecting, trying to collect everything and collecting both, you know, prototypes. Like, don't get me wrong, I still have a lot of prototypes. I still like my prototypes. Right. But, you know, I'd trade every prototype I own for all the bootlegs that I don't own. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, yeah, because I mean, yeah, you compare that uh, a J a J slot fed or whatever to the the black hoth trooper from Poland. At least to me, there's there's no competition. I mean, one is clearly cooler than the other, and I I, I agree with you. But uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people don't, especially people who own J slot uh, Boba Fetts. And, but and our, it's a, it's, historically, it's a great piece. Don't care. I'm not knocking his history. It's right. just as a as a piece, it just doesn't pop. Doesn't, right. You know, like you can look at a car to do a headman and that thing just, you know, grabs your attention. Right. Yeah. It just jumps out. Well, I can't. Even if you don't know how rare it is, it just grabs your attention. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's the funny thing. You know, when people come and look at my collection, they, uh, they, they look at, they look at my carded collection and they say, okay. And I'm like, no, no, you see, this is cool here because this is every different version that was released in America from 1977 to 1985 and all the offers and all that. And they just kind of go, yeah, they all look the same to me. And and then they'll see the foreign and they'll say, oh, well, that that's kind of cool. It's in a different language. And then they'll see the, the Uze or the Hungarian and they'll be like, hey, what's this? This is cool. You know, I'm like, it's, it, it really does have the, the most wow factor of any collection. And in the case of a collection like yours, it just adds a little extra spice to it because you have some great items. Right. But that gives a little, little extra, little, little extra pop. Right. Yeah. Well, one thing it brings color. That's one thing that often with with production items in Star Wars, there's not a lot of color. But you 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 have some of the the wacky pink and you know chewy rock and a poker cape and all that kind of stuff. It it it, it tends to bring a little bit of color to things. All right. Moving Tune on to question number two for Joe's answer to question number two. The Star Wars movies in order one to six, and I know the first three don't count, but you got to include them anyways. In order of of your preference, them. Um, Empire Strikes Back, A New Hope, Return of the Jedi, Revenge of the Sith, uh, Attack of the Clones, and then Phantom Menace. All right, uh, then what is the one item that you're looking for the most? Now I know that you don't. There's not a lot you don't have, but what is the one thing that you're looking for the most? As in, you know, someone shows up and they say, I've got a magic box. It's in here. What do you say to that person? 
Um, alternate uh, card back is a Hoff Trooper. Wow. Okay. That that exists? I've never even heard of that. That exists. Um, I've been hunting it down for quite a while. Unfortunately, it's no longer in the hands of the person that brought it over, or else it would be in my hands. Right. And it seems to have disappeared off the face of the planet, because both myself and uh, another person who's been helping me to try to track it down have not been able to unearth it. Wow. What, what, is it, is it, what does it look like? Do you know? I've got a good high-resolution picture that I do not have permission to... Uh, Okay, to share. Can can you can you now. can you describe it or not even that? It's um the back is completely different and the front has a different logo. At first glance, you wouldn't even know it was news eye. Really, and it's it's totally confirmed legit. If there's there's no question. Confirmed legit. It was brought back by the same people that brought back all you know the majority of the known carded ones in U.S. hands. Wow. And it's just uh, disappeared off the face of the planet. Wow. Man, well, I hope that guy shows up with that magic box for you, because <laughs> so that that is literally my that is literally my holy grail. Yeah, that's that is awesome. I mean, that's really exciting. Well, a different logo, man. All right, we'll have to get like some kind of police sketch artist to draw that up for me, so I can I can imagine what it is. Um, all right, and then the the uh, so so say that you did plug in the R two D two battery charger, and and your collection room went up. What's if you had to just take one item to put into a box, or if it doesn't fit into a box, but not a group of items, but just one? There's just one that you can save. Which would it be? Um, one just for financial ability of being able to sell it and buy a lot of other things again would probably be the carded headman. Okay. If so it were one like if I, we're not allowed to sell to buy other things, it would probably be my carded uh, um, Uzi Imperial Gunner. Huh. Just That's just my favorite. My favorite card is a. Huh. Oh, that's that's awesome. All right. So that's sort of. So if you take uh, that, that's cool. That's like the the one that really really draws you isn't necessarily the most valuable one. Although that certainly is. Didn't a, just a card back of that sell for like a grand or something last uh, a couple of weeks and months ago or something or. Um, Imperial Gunner. Yeah. I forget what it went for, but the, a card back did go pretty high recently. Yeah. Well, it is. It is a pretty awesome card back. All right, then let's let's get back to the question, the most difficult question, number two. Tune in next month for Joe's answer to question number two. Uh, actually, I did one more question. What's the what's the one that got away for you? The the, the the one where you had a chance to buy it and you didn't bid enough and you haven't seen it since. Uh, that would probably be the uh, Mexican amount of man. Okay, so that that was just I mentioned earlier. So you saw you just didn't bid enough, or you weren't interested enough, or. I just didn't bid enough, and uh, it, the only one that I know of existing resides in a collection that if the seller were willing to sell it, I still wouldn't buy it from him because of uh, issues between myself and that person. So, I, I, you know, it just wouldn't come to my collection anyway right. if he did sell out. All right. Huh. Well, that's, that's interesting to know there's some things that, that, that do escape you. But uh, awesome, Joe. Well, I, I really appreciate this, and this this has gone gone on long. But I know everyone who's listening is is just hoping for it to go on longer. But uh, this has really been cool. And I think you know if, if we have questions in the future, maybe we'll uh, we'll give you a ring and see how things go. Sure. Um, if you'd like me to put together a uh, collage of uh, bootlegs for whatever your figure of the month is, uh, providing that there are enough of them, obviously there are 
exactly uh, too many Lobot bootlegs out there. <laughs> Sorry, Lobart. Yeah, he's sitting out there. Hey, what did I do? <laughs> There's actually one. It's pretty cool. It's a model tram, but yeah. Right. For, for characters that there are a reasonable amount of bootlegs, like you know Vader, three PO, I can definitely put together some uh, cool stuff for you if you'd like. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that I, that would be a great new feature. Yeah. Let's uh, let's make this an announcement then. Of uh, I, I tripped to to Mos Iglesias. I don't know what we'll call it. We'll come up with some kind of name, but I, I know uh, that that brings us next month to Chewbacca. So I'm. I, you know, you know that feeling you get when you get scared and excited, knowing that you're going to see a whole bunch of stuff that you don't have and that you want. <laughs> no, that, that's why I'm glad we started with R2. But yeah, no, if you, if you're willing to do that, that would that would be great. Yeah, we can Chewbacca's next month. I can definitely uh, put together. Not quite, there's not quite as much out there for Chewbacca bootlegs, but I guarantee I've got a few things that you've probably never seen before. All right, well that uh, that sounds good. Then we'll we'll put that up and and, and give you a ring around then. Sweet. All right. Well, thanks again, Joe. And we'll uh, uh, thanks a lot for uh, wanting to talk to me about uh, toys and uh, hearing my uh, warp perspective and warp perception of things. <laughs> oh, not too warped. Oh, and also, hey, I wonder uh, what what you know. You're also a singer. I want I want to give a plug for your band, the the Usual Suspects. Uh, what is it? Yeah. Usual Suspects Ri dot com. Is that right? Um, actually, uh, we have uh, we have a Facebook, we have a MySpace, <clears throat> so we don't have a, a dot com of its of its own at this point. So. Okay, and it's. Uh, it's just, you know, fun drinking music. Right. So is there any song in particular you'd like me to lead into and out of your segments or just pick one off the album? You call me Wampa Hole. Alright, so there's the, the interview with Joe. And uh, I think what's what's really great is like like I said, you know, before and in in the interview, he's gonna try to make a picture for every single one of the figures of the week. I mean, of the month. So, oh man, that's that's gonna be killer. Yeah, and uh, and Steve, you haven't heard the interview yet. I worked really hard to get you the three pack of B wing pilots. <laughs> and uh, if you can find a Mexican Amana man, he'll he'll trade you that for a Mexican Amana man. Oh so, man! All right, I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna book my flight to Guadalajara <laughs> right now. And, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to no. <laughs> that, that's awesome. I, I'm just so excited to see that it even exists. To be honest, I, I never would have thought. So. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 beautiful. But uh, if again, any, any space freaks out there want want to help the Kive cast, you get a Mexican Amanda man into the hands of uh, of one Stephen B. Danley. <laughs> but it's been a while since we've done a, a real debate, and uh, part of the reason's been that we haven't had a phone that works. Um, so I think, you know, we're going to try to do the, uh, you know, it's, um, it's what, eight, eight, six, five, 88 Wampa. Is that right, Steve? Uh, I think it was a seven, six, five. Yeah. And we're not going to have any participation <laughs> next month either. Yes. Seven, six, five, 88 Wampa or P O K U T W A M P A. Um, so the subject of our, of our next debate is going to be based on something that was really hot in the forums. 
which is uh, bootlegs versus repros. One is accepted and the other is not. Why? <laughs> and uh, if you guys don't uh, don't send any uh, feedback into uh, into Gmail or into the Wampa line, then we'll just uh, we'll just read from the thread. So if it's boring, it's your guys' fault for not calling us, right, Steve? <laughs> oh man, uh, I I don't like to put blame per se, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just gonna say I'd like to encourage you all to uh, to call in and, and let let your voices be heard. <laughs> you're, you're, I gotta be the the gracious one, right? It's true. You do have to be nice to <laughs> to all of our listeners. And see, I, yeah, see, I think that's what's confusing. I think because C3PO is gracious, and R2D2, I think, is more of a of a jerk at times. So <laughs> I don't know how are we gonna balance this out. We gotta figure it out. No, C3PO is always kind of a jerk. Anyways, <laughs> I like to think of myself as a cross between, you know, like uh, like Chewbacca if you talked as much as C3PO. Okay, but. Uh, is we'll, we'll get to Chewy next month, but let's uh, let's move into the the, the feedback. And uh, yeah. definitely, my favorite thing from the last month was the <laughs> was the Wampa thread on. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was hoping you'd see that. Uh, I, on I, Rebel I got Scum. a good a good laugh out of that too. <laughs> so so someone posted on Rebel Scum uh, that there's something wrong with the with the Wampa line, and uh, he he said, you know, I've been calling seven six five eighty eight W O M P A. And, uh, anyways, I just, uh, that's very funny. And main reason that's funny is that, you know, I've moved to Rochester and, uh, you know, we're doing this raw and so I'm not going to edit anything out. I've often had to edit out my impressions of the Rochester accent, (laughs) which has very exaggerated A's, but I don't want to annoy anybody who lives here because if, if you listen to this podcast and you live in Rochester, let's hang out, you know? Um, but the way you would say, you would say Wampa if you were, you know, if you were, had a real strong Western New York accent, you would say like Wampa, Wampa. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I should have gone with my gut. So it's seven six five eighty eight Wampa, and uh, yeah, uh, that that was that was just great. The main reason I liked it was, you know, I hadn't I hadn't actually checked the forms for a couple of days, and just to see that on there, I just think. Yeah. Hey, that's a good sign. It's that, a good sign that it's there's someone actually trying to reach through. It's it's good. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, how do you spell Wampa, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, and the most exciting thing, Steve, is we got two calls to the Ask Wampa, or I guess we can call it the Ask Wampa feature on the Wampa line. Okay. There um, you go. So two people have asked us questions and our opinions. So let's listen to uh, let's listen to their questions and then give our opinion, Steve. All right. All right. First up, we have a call from Chris from Utica, Michigan. Hey, Sky and Steve. Hey, this is Chris from Utica, Michigan. Um, I had a quick question. Uh, just listened to your last podcast and being new to collecting vintage, I was wondering what your guys' thoughts were on. Uh, restored, repackaged 12 packs. Um, I, I know they are, they get very, uh, fairly expensive and I was thinking about maybe picking a couple up on eBay just to have them. Um, cause I know I don't really have the money to find, you know, original ones, but, uh, I just wanted to get your input on what you think about those restored 12 packs. And, and if you could answer that and give you some feedback, that'd be cool. Thanks. All right, Steve. So, so what do you think? Uh, 
you know, that's Chris from Utica, Michigan, which appears to be a place even colder than Rochester. <laughs> I looked it up on Google Maps. It's, uh, whoo. Anyways. Um, so, so I, what's your opinion on, on restored or repackaged or, or recarded? So for someone who's starting out, doesn't have a lot of money, how do you feel about them, Steve? Um, you know, I, it, I'm just trying to think about the way I went about collecting carded figures back when I first started. And, um, I, I was aware of the whole recard issue and how kind of adamantly against it a lot of people were. Uh, but I, my way of kind of getting, uh, into collecting those things was more of just to go with the, the, uh, Return of the Jedi figures to start. If you really want to get carded figures, um, that are authentic and whatnot, they can be had for uh, pretty good prices, especially these days when things aren't graded. Um, but I, I, I don't really, I don't collect carded figures much anymore, so I, I'm not the best authority. Um, but I, I'm not, they're not for me personally. I, I just, I think that, uh, this, you know, intentions all, all, you know, the key thing too, because right. I'm sure you, you could, uh, it's fine if you you know purchase it for yourself and whatnot, but the fact that it it exists and if for some reason it doesn't you know stay with you and it just it, it depends on who ends up with it. So I, I it's not for me, um, but I, I that's just where I stand. Um, but I can totally understand the uh, the whole issue with the cost because they really they are expensive and uh, it's just a matter of um, maybe setting goals to work toward it a little bit slower. Uh, just look for deals, things like that. that. That's just how I would have gone about it, but that, that's me. Right, yeah, I think, I mean, what I like about this is it's not asking our our, re, our recards or faked things or whatever, is it good or bad? It really yeah. is just this question, you know, what do you think? And for me, it's it's not so much the ethics of it. It's more, I think, if you're really planning on being a collector they're just not going to be satisfied with those. Like, yeah, like when yeah. you get them at first, you're going to think they're pretty neat. But then I think after a while, there's just, it's going to actually wind up kind of being a waste of money. Like it's not so much saving 200 bucks for not buying a new one, but it's more like wasting 15 bucks because when you have those, there's something about knowing it's not real and, and just, and just feeling like, like it's not really there. So, you know, I, I, I don't think it's uh I don't think it's wrong, and I think you know you can try it, and especially at this point, I mean, I think most of those, most of the forgeries, I don't know, I that issue doesn't really worry me. But it's more, I would agree with uh, with Steve. You know, why not just start? I mean, Steve, what's the cheapest B-wing pilot you can get? <laughs> you could probably get one for like fifteen bucks, <laughs> right? Right? Wasn't that yeah, guy yeah. last month who said, it, yeah. is, "Is this a reseal because it's so cheap?" Yeah. And uh and you know, kinda of work your way up and just you know, and that's the thing. An R two D two uh twelve back AFA eighty five is eight hundred bucks. But I mean, if you really work at it, you can get a fairly good condition one for a couple yeah. hundred bucks and yeah, yeah, I, was sure. gonna, but, I was gonna say, uh like for those like original twelve back figures, um I mean I when I, I had just a couple left that I was uh uh and moving, you know, trying to sell at Celebration, and I I sold them for about a hundred, hundred and fifty bucks a piece, and they they weren't like spectacular, but they were totally presentable. I mean, I think for it just depends on how how deeply you want to get into it, and um, yeah, I think you can you can find a medium that that satisfies both the desire to have something that's authentic and you know uh, in in decent shape. So I think it's just a a matter of not jumping in um, too quickly and and making really quick 
decisions, you know. Right. Like and, you know, I'll tell you what, Chris, from Utica, Michigan, uh, because you're the first person to leave a message on the, on the, on the Wampa line, uh, I'll send you my extra Emperor carded tri-logo. What do you think? Pretty cool, Steve, huh? I, I like it. That's good. Uh, it's it's all beat up because it was my secret Santa gift, and whoever it was, I never found out who it was, just sent it in an envelope. Um, <laughs> so it's it's all beat up, and I think the bubble's cracked, and it's a little bit torn up and stuff. But uh, you know, you just uh, you send me uh, you know send a, a line to to kivecast uh, at gmail dot com, and I'll send it out to you, and 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 you'll see. You know, if you happen to buy a a recarded figure. You'll hold that, and then you'll hold this old beat-up emperor, and and if it doesn't do more for you to have the emperor, then go ahead and continue with the uh, with with the recards. But if if even holding up a beaten-up trilogo emperor, if you get that feeling, you know, then you know it's worth saving the money, maybe buying less interesting figures. So. Good. I've been trying to figure out what to do with that ever since I got it, because <laughs> I, I even put it on the thing that I already had one. And anyways, but it, it's all good. You know, I'm not going to complain about a, a secret Santa gift. But uh, so I, I hope he I hope he listens this month. Um, and I that's not going to happen for everybody who calls into the Kivecast, by the way. <laughs> but you know, why not? Maybe we'll give out random gifts, Steve. What do you think? Did you have some uh, extra goodies hanging around you'd be willing to, to part with? I'm sure I could find something that, that would work, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, I've, I mean, I've got buckets and buckets of, uh, of loose Chewbacca's, so <laughs> uh, we'll see. And uh, we also still have a lot of pins, too. A lot of We do lot, have some of those, yeah. A lot of Wampa Wampa pins, so maybe we could figure out a way to, to give those out sometimes. Yeah. But uh, anyways, it's uh, it's getting late, and I'm sure my wife would like the, the usage of the uh, of our bedroom again. But let's go to our, our last question, which we got two questions, and they're both good ones, which I love. Um, this person did not leave their name. Um, they did not say where they're from. I'm going to guess that they're from somewhere south of the Mason-Dixon line, just, just going based on accents. Um, but beyond that, I don't know. So whoever you are, mysterious person um, – I let's see if we can answer your question. I just want to tell you that I'm really enjoying the podcast. Been a collector ever since in about '92 and '93, and I just want to get y'all thought on something, and that's autographed vintage figures. Uh, I have a friend that used to love to get his signed, and I just thought it just ruined the value and the card. And I was just wondering what your take on autographs on a vintage action figure is. A bit helps the value or decreases the value or just takes away from the uh, greatness of an old vintage card. Thank you. So autographs, Steve. Autographs. Now, I'll take the lead on this. Okay. <clears throat> this kind of goes to an old aggravation I have, which was I remember collecting baseball cards when I was a kid, and I would always pay way more for autographed cards. Oh, yeah? And then by the time... You know, I was older. Everyone just said, nah, you just ruined them. You can't authenticate them. You don't know who they are. You know, I had all these, like, you know, fake Will Clark autographed cards. Um, <laughs> but, but what's your take on it when you see a, when you see an autograph? Um, to me, I, I see, I don't, I've never been much of an autograph person in general, but I think that I guess I can see uh, an appeal to it if, if you have a really great story that goes with it. Right. Um, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't uh, necessarily um, be inclined to go for an autograph of a of a character on a on a vintage card, but 
I think that there's certain circumstances, like personal stories, that could actually uh, make it better. If, as long as it's something you're not, if, as long as you don't care about the value, if it, if it means more as far as you know sentimental value to you, then it's. I think it's it's fine. I mean, it's just one of those things. I it's you always hear autographs uh, take away the value of things, and I'm right. you know, sure they do. If you were trying to sell it to someone, I mean, you, no one's gonna want to buy a. Hey Steve, you're a great at the blah 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 <laughs> autograph from whoever you know. It, it's just one of those funny things, uh, <laughs> right? But it, it means something to that person, so it just it, it kind of separates the uh, the monetary value from the sentimental value. So uh, that's that's right. Stand on it. Yeah, I think uh, one of one of my favorite uh, uh, Ian from Canada. He he gets all of his figures autographed. And, oh, and okay. he has, I mean, he had a GDE autographed. I mean, he gets these sick things that anyone would die for autographed. <laughs> and he just does it because he doesn't care. He's like, this is what I want. And this is what I like. And he gets pictures of it and you just see them. And, and sometimes even the, uh, the, the, the celebrities would look there like, are you sure? Uh, you want me to do this? <laughs> you know, like, I think he has a 12 back GDE Vader. And, you know, oh, it's wow. got the Dave Prowse. Dave Prowse is Darth Vader autograph on it. Huh. Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on who it is too. I mean, like you know, John, yeah, John yeah. Hollis, who was Lobot, he's dead. So, I I could see getting more for that because there's not that many John Hollis autographs. But in in general, I would say if it's for the market, don't get it autographed. If it's, if it's yeah. for yourself, then then go ahead. <laughs> so so there's our audio feedback. Uh, a, a fair amount of uh, stuff on the blog post. I want to apologize to everyone for me not putting on the. Uh, all of the show links. Um, it's been pretty. I've been pretty busy. I think maybe we need as- assistance. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means. But uh, uh, you know, I know for this episode, I'm just going to put it out there so it gets out there before before May, and then throughout May, I'll I'll update it more. Um, uh, Tom Garvey, Tommy Garvey, mentions that Vader and Luke Farmboy do actually meet on the Death Star. <laughs> But I don't know if that counts. Someone just screaming "no" at you, <laughs> you know. Is that, that's not a formal acquaintance. But, no, uh, no. <laughs> it is a form of communication, no. though. So it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't. He, he didn't shoot at him, did he? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. He, I, yeah I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't consider that meat. I, I maybe that's one of those interactions in some way. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. That's he's one of the two hundred and sixty-one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I had a fair amount of good uh, good comments on people debating which Leia is the prettiest. Yeah, yeah um, that's a good debate. Uh, I, I think we will agree that R2-D2 with sensor scope is the prettiest R2-D2. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and once again, Jared does not fail to impress. Oh, man. Oh, his, classic. His, <laughs> I, people didn't respond enough to this, but uh, he, he threw out a whole series of B-Wing pilot as a Klaatu skiff guard. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I'll include the link to that. And it is just, I mean, it's it, it was funny enough that he had to go back and do it again. And see, what's great too is he gave it a narrative. Yeah, <laughs> when he came back. Yeah, so yeah, I, I was actually thinking about thinking about uh, creating a whole section on the Facebook thing just for for Jared's creations because <laughs> they just. Uh, I mean, it's just. Uh, and also, I mean, I'd like to include any other any other listener creations yeah, in that. fan art. Fan art, because it's just, uh, <laughs> it, it just makes it all that much better. Yeah. It really does. <laughs> I mean, really, the idea that there was a deleted scene 
with <laughs> the B-Wing. He does this one where it's the B-Wing pilot jumping in while uh, Luke is fighting off a skiff guard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of good good responses about the, the interview with Bruce and uh, – yeah, a lot of people really like the like the Leia. Definitely had some comments about less baseball or cricket stories, um, <laughs> which which again, you know, that's that's fine. But it's uh, the thing is, if we actually did take it out, everyone would be upset. That's the funny thing. <laughs> um, and we're, we're almost to that time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, I think uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up, Steve. Yeah, that was a good. Uh... A good, uh, good train train show, man. We just plowed right through. It was good. That was horrible. Right Great. up until right then, Steve. That right was... then, that, the train just derailed. Exactly. <laughs> well, we we can now finally. So if you don't if you don't care about fantasy baseball, you can just go listen to to whatever else you want to do. Go listen to John Booth's uh, Nostalgia Cast. <laughs> but I did want to say, Steve, I I've been cheating on the Kive Cast. Did Did uh-uh. you know that? No, no. Well, uh, there's there's a, a a fantasy baseball podcast run by ESPN, uh, uh. starring starring Matthew Berry and Nate Rabbits. <laughs> Anyways, and they're they're very it's a very popular show. It's a huge podcast. It's run by ESPN, and uh, I tried to get into their league. They have a special fantasy baseball league, <laughs> and they didn't let me in. But they took oh. my they took my idea. Anyways. Okay. So I had a, an idea of uh, for a segment of uh, of players who are either hot, like who start <laughs> off hot but actually yeah. just fade out. Yeah. And so I called it Bonafide or Bonifacio. <laughs> <laughs> because if you remember a couple years ago, Emilio Bonifacio came out, he had like three steals and then yeah. just dropped off the face of the earth. So <laughs> so they use it. I mean, they people they talk about every show, they have like a drop for it. It's become part of the uh. show. That's awesome. <laughs> so, but I really wanted to get on and, like, you know, actually talk to hundreds of thousands of baseball fans about <laughs> Star Wars collecting. I thought that way I could get back. I could, you know, I could flip the script so that people were like, "Oh, why are they talking about Star Wars?" <laughs> Just got to bridge the gap. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's let's take a look at our scores. The first time uh, we look at the scores. Yeah, I was going to say this clearly <laughs> shows that I don't care about fantasy baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Steve, uh, things started off rough for for, for DT Saberhagen, but what's the coolest thing? As we're recording, this is literally the highest I've been in the standings all – it's been five weeks. I am yeah. now in fourth place. I spent most of the month in last place. Um, I did – oh, no, Steve. Do you know who's in last place now? I'm pretty familiar with uh, – I mean if you go by my past history, it's usually oh. about where I'm at. So uh, oh. I'm not surprised. Oh, Steve. <laughs> you didn't even draft that bad of a team. But, yeah, Steve, you are temporarily in last place. Uh, well, we'll see about temporarily. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm in fourth, which is nice, but my, my team's got a lot, of, a lot of holes in it. But uh, anyway, so I apologize to uh, to all of you out there who hate hearing about it, but uh, it's uh, it's fun. But next uh, next month is going to be Chewbacca, and I don't know what to do. That that just astounds me. Come on, man. <laughs> I I know, but I mean, this is this is my month. You know, it's Gil's time to shine. You know, but uh, <laughs> you'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. 
All right, everybody. Well, uh, thank you for uh, for holding on uh, for this 15th month. I think it's going to be another nice long episode, so hopefully this made it through a couple trips back and forth to your work or, uh, I don't know, while you're surfing through the Internet or however you listen to us. Uh, thank you, Space Freaks, and uh, Wampa Wampa. Adios, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, Hasbro Toys, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at www.starwars.com. The official Hasbro site can be found at www.hasbro.com. Star Wars all names and sounds of Star Wars characters and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or the respective copyright and trademark holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Star Wars Collector's Archive, unless otherwise indicated.